You're listening to Sweet Bites with Sandra with your host, Dr. Sandra Colton-Medici. Follow on Instagram and Facebook at Dr. Sandra Colton-Medici, the podcast and lifestyle Instagram at Sweet Bites with Sandra, and for upcoming course announcements, follow College of Style on Instagram as well. Join Sandra's Facebook groups, Sweet Bites with Sandra, and icons of online movement today. Are you looking for a webinar platform that really has your back? For me, I do a lot of webinars and I do a lot of lecturing and speaking and and I really feel like I need something that's simple. I don't need something that's complicated. I want something that's able to take my message, distribute it, have a live option, but also be able to automate. For me, Webinar Ninja does the trick and I definitely highly recommend it for you too. So if you're looking for a webinar platform, check out Webinar Ninja on my software solutions page. Just go to www.sandracoltamedici.com forward slash software dash solutions. Hi, I'm Sandra, and I'd like to invite you to subscribe and listen to my new podcast, Sweet Pipes with Sandra. Satisfy your entrepreneurial sweet tooth in each episode full of digital business tips, inspiring interviews, asides from my entertainment career, and rewards to celebrate your sweet success. Find Sweet Bites with Sandra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 12 of Sweet Bites with Sandra, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Colton-Medici, and it is a great, great day. And I am so excited that you're here with me because I have a great guest on the podcast today, which is the interview a little bit later. My friend, Krista Passarelli Patterson, is going to be joining me on the podcast, and she is currently the founder and strategic partner, she likes to say the make it happen lead, (laughs) of Positioning Collective. Her experience is so vast, so, so many years of great executive leadership. She was the director of global brand strategy at Cisco. She was over there for nine years. I mean, she's got so much important information to share. Number one, about brand architecture, leadership style, um, getting it done, you know, connecting the dots with brand messaging across all platforms. She, she knows her stuff. So make sure to stick around for the interview. So today, I want to get right into it and talk about Clubhouse. (laughs) Now, this is a brand new drop-in audio app, and a lot of people are buzzing about it. It actually began or was released back in 2020, and I've been on it for a little bit, and there are a lot of things that are happening on it. And so I just wanted to give you a few different tips of how I've tried to navigate the app. Number one, when you get into Clubhouse, build out your profile because a lot of people network on this on this app and they go to your profile to look and see what is it that you do the other is connect your instagram that's number two connect your instagram connect your twitter because people will go to your twitter and instagram and follow you number three when you're entering a room don't just listen don't just be a listener on the app raise your hand and ask a question or offer a piece of advice. Be an active, engaging member of that community, whatever room you're in. Now, sometimes they turn off, you know, the hand, you know, raising the hand option, but it is good just to drop in to see what people are doing in different rooms. Number four, have a purpose. You know, uh, it's great to get in, but it's not good to be in if you're kind of all over the place. If you're going to raise your hand, 
have a purpose with what you're talking about and bring your knowledge because there are people listening to what you're saying and they will go to your profile to see more about you and maybe even want to connect. I have definitely gone into the app and looked around in different rooms, seeing who's on the stages and looked at their bios, looked at their resumes, gone into their LinkedIn profiles and connected with them. And it is a great way to network on the app and then bring the connections out of the app and then into your other either social spaces or find clients that way and bring them into your business. So there are a few different things that I think are, you know, kind of wonky right now because there's so many things happening on there. Like some people are talking about digital strategies. Some people are talking about engagement and having rooms that people are literally just in the room to follow each other. Some people are on there. I, I saw people were having a second callback for the whiz and doing vocal auditions. So there are a lot of things that people are doing on this app try to find your lane, try to see if it fits into your digital strategy for your business and host a room. That's my last tip, host a room so that you can see how it feels to run a room, moderate a room. And then last one, I said it was my last one on the last one, but this is the true last one. Invite people to collaborate, have multiple people running the room so that you don't feel like you're constantly going back and forth to, you know, let people in or resetting the room or doing all of these things that are more of the administrator type. Try to bring in people so that you're collaborating and hosting the room or moderating the room all together because the more voices, the more knowledge that people are sharing, it's just so much more beneficial for your community and building your community and helping people get to the next place in their career or their business too. So I definitely advocate for at least dropping in and seeing if it's um, something that you enjoy because it could benefit your business and your strategy for moving your digital presence forward. I have a few invites. So if you'd like one, make sure to send me a note. Info at SandraColtimaDC.com is my email. So make sure to send me a note if you would like an invite to get into the app and I will certainly respond as long as I still have them because they are going fast. So make sure to send me a note today. Have you been to my shop lately? I have been in the lab and creating new items just for you. Take a look at the decor, the brand new eye collection, and spanking new done for you templates for social media. Yes, I told you, I am giving you my A game in 2021. Check it out and buy yourself a little something to reward yourself for making a commitment to yourself to rock 2021 like no other. Just visit www.sandracoltmedici.com forward slash shop today. So let's take a call from one of our listeners. I had a question come in on Instagram in my DMs. And so I wanted to share that with you. And it was about virtual conferences. So I have a virtual conference called Icons of Online Movement that I produced last year in 2020 in June. And it was the first of its kind. And a lot of people want to create a virtual conference where they bring together, you know, entrepreneurs or business leaders or or people in their field to talk about relevant topics that are really pertinent in their industry today. So I wanted to answer that question, like how do you put together a virtual conference? So there's a lot of moving parts. My three tips when starting a virtual conference, number one, you know, are you one of many? 
Are there other virtual conferences out there that are covering what you're covering and how are you making yours unique? Make sure that you do make it unique. Number two, invite guest speakers that will show up because you don't want to have a no-show on a virtual conference. Number three, think about speakers' fees when you're thinking about your budget because that is ultimately a huge part of bringing people in. So you don't want to pitch this virtual conference to a speaker and then have them come back with this extraordinary budget for a speaker's fee and be like, okay, thanks. You know, see you later. Um, think about that beforehand. Send out your invitations and see who writes you back. And then make sure that you get all the details that you need as far as what they need from you and what speaker's fees that they're requiring. So those are my three that I would start with. Think about all of those things when you're putting together your virtual conference. If you have a question that you would like answered on Sweet Bites with Sandra, the podcast, feel free to call 401-216-5059, leave a voicemail, and you too could be featured on the podcast. Welcome back to Sweet Bites with Sandra. I am joined by my friend, longtime, longtime friend, Krista Passarelli-Patterson. Thank you so much for joining me. (laughs) Of course. I'm so happy to be here with you. I am so excited to talk to you. We go back many, many years, back to our days at USC, and she is, and I don't want to get this wrong because you need to check out her her company, Positioning Collective, and she is the founder and strategic partner, and she makes it happen <laughs> for sure over there, and she has worked with a lot of different companies previously at Cisco and a lot of big, big, big companies in tech, and so I just wanted to you know, pick her brain. She's got so much knowledge, so let's just get into it. I wanted to talk to you about you know, some of the things that you do, you are um, in leadership and uh, a female in leadership positions in tech is just kind of, you know, you're, you're solo, rolling solo along a lot of the time. What kind of advice can you give maybe um, people coming up the ranks as far as getting themselves into those senior level positions if they are a woman? I feel fortunate. And I think one of the things that people coming in or re-entering the workforce, because we see a lot of that too, right? Where some companies now locally Workday is one that are doing re-internships, which is awesome. I think it's really important to find mentors, regardless of where they are, if they're in your company or outside of your company, just people to bounce ideas off of. I spend a lot of time with kind of the next generation just entering the workforce. And it it gives me so much hope for the future, honestly, of marketing, of our just global footprint in marketing, what we're doing with companies. I think that's really important. I also think to be unafraid. And here's what I mean by that. You know, we leave college and we have a plan and we think we know what we want to do. And sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And sometimes you got to take something completely different that may or may not get you to wherever your long-term goals are, but every bit of that experience you will put to use. And so to be unafraid to gather experience that may not look like it's on your path. I think those two things are key. Very, very good advice, solid advice. And I know that you have a lot of experience um, with brand strategy. So what are some of the things that like, what are the, all the feels that you get when you are starting out a brand new campaign for, for an organization? What is that? Is that, is it exciting for you nowadays? Cause you've been doing it for a long time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Everyone is so different. Um, and part of what I love, uh, about being kind of our own entity at positioning collective and we, um, the core of it really is about brand positioning or market positioning and strategy. And then we, um, outsource other pieces of the business that kind of all folds up into that. Every company is different. 
And so having, it's funny, I've worked with smaller and smaller companies throughout my career. I've gone from, you know, Cisco's really large and, and started to really work with startups. And one of my favorites was six guys in a garage in San Diego. And they had developed a great new technology. Um, and we, you know, I flew down there. We sat in the garage. It was a beautiful garage, let's be clear. But it was awesome and just fun to hear their excitement and to really start to dig in with their customers, with their board members, and figure out how we were going to do it. And so we worked really hard to position them in the market space against huge competitors and get their message out, all of their campaign work done, all those deliverables, the bite-sized content that you want to deliver. And once it went live, it was amazing. And it is. It is like... Um, I think sometimes it's like growing a garden. I do. I have vegetables in the yard and it's fun to kind of, you get in the soil, you, you figure out what's happening, you plant, and sometimes it grows and flourishes and sometimes it grows a little and peters out and you never know how it's really going to go. But during that whole kind of cultivating process, it's very, for me, super energizing. I love developing all that and finding the sweet spot when everyone in the room, their eyes light up. That's it. It's super cool. You were talking about cultivating, and my husband is actually aquascaping. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Oh, I've heard of this. I've, yes. I don't know anything about it, but I've heard about it. Now, let me tell you, um, because I don't really know a whole bunch about it either, but I just know that he's so excited, just like you were talking about, just so excited for, you know, that mm -hmm. little bloom, you know, that whatever it is that, that has changed overnight, you know, when he's going in to inspect the landscape and all mm -hmm. of that. And it's one of those things, and that's why I, I, I always – you know, wonder, you know, what keeps things fresh for marketing mm -hmm. people, you know, whether it's in the ad space or in the, you know, the, the blogging space or, you know, wherever it is, how do you keep it fresh? And I know that you have been in, you know, like you said, in the startup world, but also in the bigger corporate world, what is something that when you're in corporate side that you could talk about, you know, where, because I feel like there's a lot of policy that happens on the corporate side. And so how do you find yourself re-energizing um, to really talk about the same corporation over and over and over. From my experience at Cisco, I will say that as technology, especially because I'm mostly in tech, um, I really, we can talk about this in a minute, but I've been branching out a little bit into like tech and sports and what does that look like and, and some really interesting startups. Um, some of my pro bono work has been around that. With Cisco specifically, when I started at Cisco, nobody knew what the internet was. Like what? And you had to try to explain it to your mom or your grandma, like it's pipes, it's plumbing, blah, blah, blah. And I think Cisco during the time that I was there and in, in the early days, they found a way to make it human and to make it relevant across everybody to literally be the internet's a household name, right? And so as technology starts to be developed and to, to grow as a technology, those things become more prolific. And so the more that what we strive to do is to speak English, to make sure that we can talk in a way that is understandable to everyone mm -hmm. and not just to the most technical people. So that is like this ongoing challenge and to try to get there is exciting. I do think too, that we did some work a while back with Oracle, not really a startup with their, <laughs> with their education arm, Oracle university. Mm -hmm. And they really had kind of stuck with the Oracle messaging. And we went in and got in a room with them for three days and had such a great time figuring out, okay, but isn't it really about the people that want to learn? 
isn't it really about growth mindset? Isn't it really about mentoring the people that are taking your classes mm -hmm. and really kind of turn their, their messaging on its head mm -hmm. so that they could stop just wanting to sell to people who, you know, add-ons to their PO and really got into the people side of it. So there are ways, there are always ways to make it relevant and to make it English and human. And I think those are the, you know, ongoing challenges that we find exciting. Well, so when you think about your career, what are, what is maybe one, one or two lessons that you've learned that, that along the way that if you could have known that and just told yourself that before you got started, <laughs> you know, that you could share, like, do this, you know, to somebody maybe just, you know, getting started themselves, what would one of those two, one or two of those things be? One is actually super personal. I think that women, especially if I can go there for just a minute, tend to undervalue our own, our own value. I don't know how else to say that. And, and I definitely did that in my career. You know, I left as a director at Cisco and I decided after having kids that I can't go back to a director job. And I went back as an individual contributor and worked my way back up. Now they always got the value of my experience. I just wasn't being paid and didn't have the title. No fault of theirs. I chose to do that. And I think, I think that I would say that for men or women, let's not, un, let's not undervalue what we bring to the table. And if that means you got to check in with a bunch of your peers to figure out what your worth is, do it and trust them when they tell you, because we often take it in whatever it is. And then like knock it down a few points. Yeah. And that's, yeah. yeah right. And that's just not, it doesn't serve you. So I, I definitely, I would say that's probably one of my biggest missteps. It's not a mistake. I don't have a regret. It's just a misstep. Mm -hmm. And I got to where I wanted to go eventually. And with a great company, thank God, I feel super fortunate to have grown up in the environment that is Cisco under John Chambers leadership. I think that was an amazing experience. I, and again, I think, I think the whole remembering who the customer is, and I know you've talked about this in some of your other podcasts about listening and social listening. I think it's probably the greatest skill for all of us in marketing is to develop the listening bent or the lens for who our customers and stakeholders are. Those I think are probably top two. Yes, top two. Well, so, and I am here with you. To, and let me just tell you, when I was with with Krista at USC, she was like leading the tech game. <laughs> so I, we talked about this before we came on, but we were having meetings on this, you know, external platform. This was Zoom before Zoom was cool. <laughs> and I think it, was it called WebEx or was it? It um, is. And it yeah. still is WebEx. It's is still, it still a product. Web yes. Yeah. And they've done an amazing job. Actually, Cisco has done an amazing job at giving it away for free when the uh, pandemic started. They really have, it's a great platform. Yeah. Um, I was I, just was know, so in awe. I was like, this uh, girl's coming with the, with the game. She's coming with the game. Um, I'm bringing all my whole toolkit. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, let's go. But we were like, people were getting on. We're like, how do we get on? You know, the thing that people do on Zoom these days where they're mm -hmm. like, am I on? Can you hear me? Am I, we were doing that back in what, 2014 or 15. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah we were. That's um, totally true. Well, so what are some of the things as far as like solutions for people who may not know how to pivot? I know that you in your in your company, this started in May and 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 during a pandemic, like you said earlier, uh, before we came on, like, yeah, we'll just start a brand new thing. So what is something that you could say to maybe somebody in 2021 who wants to start their own thing? Like, what is the one great piece of business advice for somebody about to start their new business? 
don't wait. My business partner out of Seattle, Alex Crawford, who I've known for years and years, we had been talking about this for three years and we could not get ourselves to pull the trigger. It was nerve wracking and we were doing it. We, we had, you know, five or six clients and we were doing the work. We just didn't have a, we didn't have a presence and how ridiculous for two brand stewards and strategists who believe in brand. I mean, we both believe you have a brand, whether you choose to manage it or not, you have a brand, everybody, a personal brand, a corporate brand, and everything you touch is an experience of that brand. Whether it's me at a barbecue, whether it is my accountant dealing with, you know, accounts payable and accounts receivable folks, those are all part of your brand. So how completely ridiculous that these two brand strategists, brand stewards don't have a corporate brand. So we brought in some folks to help us what, you know, figure out what that looks like. I'm sure we've lost some brand equity by waiting as long as we did. So don't wait. That's, I mean, I think that's kind of what I was saying earlier about being unafraid. I think that we spend too much of our time analyzing what the next step should be. And sometimes you just got to jump. Just jump. Yes. Just Into the go. deep end if you have to. Just have yes. some, has a little life preserver with you. <laughs> well, yes. And I think, you know, it's easy to say when, you know, sometimes you don't have that. You can't, you aren't afforded that option for yeah. financial reasons or for familial reasons or whatever that is. But for, I think if you can, you mm -hmm. should. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. am, I am all behind that. I think that that's why this podcast is, is going right now is because somebody just said, start it. And I was like, but I've never That's done so a podcast, <laughs> you know, and look at you. Yeah. And now we're just, you know, we, we are talking to people like you. I am talking to one of my, one of my dear colleagues. And I, I say that because when I was in school with this woman, let me tell you, I was so in awe of just the, the knowledge that she came in with. And I was like, why are you here? <laughs> why are you here? Because you know what we're talking about and you're doing what we're talking about. I think at that point, what was the, the woman's name? You, you, would know um, at Yahoo, we were studying oh. how she was bringing people back in from Marissa remote. Mayer. Marissa Mayer, we were talking mm -hmm. about how she had just implemented a policy to bring people mm -hmm. back in from doing remote. Mm -hmm. And I wonder now, I don't think she's with Yahoo anymore, but how mm -hmm. that, I mean, obviously now we're all remote. So, I mean, it's just crazy how times change. Now let's talk about some of the things as far as analyzing behavioral trends. I know that you have worked in, you know, just the brand strategy side of things. But when you think about how things have changed like exponentially in 2020, mm -hmm. where do you see 2021 going as far as consumer behavior and how people are going to respond to getting back out, like going back to whatever it is, is that's I, I call it the next, it's not the, normal. It's the new norm, the yeah. new, the new next, you know, yeah. whatever. So how do you go in the brand strategy side and know what people will do when you, no one could have predicted 2020, you know, so 2021, no. what's your, what's your method? What are you going to do for clients when you think about their consumer behavior when right now it's so erratic? It is, it is that I think there's kind of two sides, two sides of my brain on this one. Most of my clients are B2B. So they're, and they're selling to IT people. So they're selling to the people that are supporting every one of us working from home, right? So that, that business actually doesn't change. What they're selling or why they're selling it might change. Those same companies still have to produce their products. They still have to keep their people working all remote. So then 
What's the security angle look like? I think things like security become more and more important for those clients, for those that are B2B. Where we see what's been interesting, kind of as a side note, um, a few of my clients have taken this kind of downtime. So in March, March and April, oh my gosh, we've stopped everything. You know, actually you don't have to stop everything, but here it's a great time for you to drive some engagement and a great time for you to build a relationship with your customers that isn't about give me a PO. And so they did that. A lot of them did that and are spending that time building that relationship. So they will see the fruits of that in 2021. They will see kind of now, now I trust you. We've gotten some rapport. Now, yes, I'm going to give you a, an additional PO to help me with this cloud-based thing or remote some security or something like that. One of my, like I mentioned earlier, my pro bono client, um, which is one of our only consumer, they have a really amazing patent on technology that can assess your physical well-being and tell you where you are prone to injury, which is super interesting, right? For yeah. C-sports, they're amazing. And they're totally in scrappy startup mode. So that's why I've been helping them. It's a high school friend of mine. So been, you know, kind of working with them. Well, their whole premise is about having a live body in this space with cameras and assessing their movement. Mm -hmm. Well, that looks kind of weird right now, right? Like we're not, I mean, where are you going to, nobody wants to go into that kind of an environment. The great part that they had built in was that then once you figured out you're going to have a, an injury in your left ACL, then they would give you an app to train you out of the, out of that to make oh. you stronger. So it's a really cool technology I and they have amazing like patents. Yeah, they need to partner with um, what's that uh, that DNA company where they are gene? What's that gene? Where they tell you? Um, oh, like Twenty Three and Me? Yes, where where oh, interesting? Where, yeah, because they yeah. somehow there's a way in at least the advertising that I've seen where they tell you your you know what your history is obviously and where your mm -hmm. you know cultures and all that, but because of that they somehow have engineered health side health mm. insights as to mm -hmm. like if you were part of Mediterranean well then you are more healthy in XYZ or if you were more from this particular place of, of the world then you're prone to colon cancer or whatever. Um but yeah I mean it would that be that would be an interesting yeah we haven't we haven't talked much about it. I think they're you know still trying to figure out how to do this remote and what does that yeah. look like because it is about motion. Yeah. They need some uh, Olympic athletes. <laughs> well, that's it. And so they have, they tested some amazing um, NCAA football mm. athletes and, you know, interesting uh, things happen with even around sports where it really is to make money, mm. not really to protect your athletes. So there's been some interesting, some behavior there, but I think that business, that kind of consumer-based business is also going to see some changes, right? Mm -hmm. And I see this in my community. I'm sure you see it too. The fear is going to be there far after the politicians or the, the medical leaders of our nation say it's safe. And we're going to see some fear, some hesitancy to return to any sort of normal life. And I think that is, from a consumer side, going to present some interesting challenges for us as a nation, honestly. And as marketers, how do we both empathize, which empathy it has to be such a huge part of what we do now mm -hmm. from a marketing and communications perspective, both internal to companies and external, that we have to act with empathy and support. And that just meaning that we can't just sell hard sell. We can't do that. And that's yeah. going to be fun for us to, to try to get around. 
um, <laughs> because it's, it's not, it's not our nature as marketers. Right. Yeah. And yeah. for the most part, at least in tech. I always look at like when, cause I'm a perfectionist. When do we stop the messaging? You know, like when do we stop curating and cult cultivating sure. the message. So when mm -hmm. you are looking at different business entities, whether it's, you know, in the consumer side or in the tech side, I mean, cause tech, I feel like is, it's pretty straightforward. Like it, it does what it says it does <laughs> and it's it going to help be. you. Yeah. Right. And it's, going to do what it mm -hmm. says it's supposed to do. Um, now, whether or not you need it and whether or not the price point is right. there and whether or not right. it makes you feel good, you know, right. um, but when do you stop cultivating the message? Because I feel like I, that's one of my weaknesses that I, I can put out there that I need to work on is that I'm a constant, like, I always am like, oh, we could tweak, we could tweak that. We, we could do that. Mm -hmm. But when do you mm -hmm. stop? So stop is a weird thing, right? Cause I'm not sure you ever really stop mm -hmm. because your audience is going to change and grow their needs are going to change and grow. The environment around them is changing. So those tweaks I think are important. I think I call it, put a pin in it because you want to just be able to have a pin in it to execute something. And sometimes it's a test. Even, you know, we put messaging out there. We test, we used to test in focus groups. We test online digital, however you want to do it. And now with social listening, you get a lot of instantaneous feedback, which is amazing. And we have been in rounds of revision until the cows come home. When you listen to your customers and they tell you, your customers will tell you where you have permission to go. If you listen to them and you ask the right questions, companies as big as Cisco, me as a person, I have permission as a, as a small company, Positioning Collective, to go into communications, to go into brand, to do website development, to do copy, to do executive communications across the board, because that's our experience. Our experience is that vast as a, as a group. PowerPoint design, all kinds of craziness. Um, I have an amazing animator. So if you listen to your customers, they will tell you. So that you can at least kind of stop, message, execute, and then see what the next churn looks like. Either, you know, there's a couple... Um, aspects, either new features or delivery that you need to change your messaging, what's happening in the market competitively might cause you to change messaging or environmentally. It may not be specific to the market, but it might be a COVID-19 kind of deal. And so I think it is always evolving, mm -hmm. but you just have to decide when you're going to put a pin in it and execute. Nice. I love that. Put a pin in it because I always am like, okay, now I'm going to take it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Take it out and right? see where you need to move mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of that never done thing. Yeah. Well, so uh, you being in a, in a founder position, so let's talk about leadership and you okay. know, when you're, when you're leading teams and you've been in positions of leadership, so big team, small team, what is your style? What's your leadership style? I think if you were to ask folks that have worked for me before, they would tell you, I'm a straight shooter. You're going to hear it straight out. I have a funny, one of my first staff meetings at ServiceNow, I met with the team, small team at the time, designers, writers, project managers, campaign managers. And I said to them, I might really like you and you might really like me, but be super clear. The company thinks you're replaceable. So you need to manage your boundaries and I, I own 50% of this relationship. Mm -hmm. So you and I are going to work together on your career and what that looks like. I do not own that. We own it together. So, um, and do I expect you to work hard? Absolutely. Are we mm -hmm. going to deliver? Yep. Here's our, here's our goals. Here's what we're doing. And they all were like, you know, wide eyed, like, what? <laughs> you know, and I had half, 
half the team came to me and said, where were you 10 years ago when I needed to hear that? And yeah. half the team's like, do you really think I'm replaceable? So it's, um, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty straight out. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I also am, because I am more of an empath, I, you know, I wear my feelings on my sleeves. Mm. And if, if you're having a hard time, um, there was a gal that worked for me at that time, actually, who lost a cousin and her whole family in a plane wreck. And I couldn't hold together. We sat in my office for like two hours and just bawled. So I think I'm, I'm one of them. Mm. I see my role as a leader to remove roadblocks. That really is my main role. Here's the vision. Here's where we need to get to. Let's figure out the steps together and let me go off and remove whatever roadblocks, whether it's procuring budget or getting executive buy-in or um, being able to translate our needs to the executive and get the right kind of feedback. That's kind of where I'm at. I know you're a straight shooter because I, <laughs> right? I was with you and you're like, so I haven't received back your feedback. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting at it. So you know that movie, um, oh God, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. And she's like, I'm right on top of that, Rose. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep up. Yeah. Um, right. Well, so, yes. Well, so let's talk about tips that you might have when thinking about developing brand architecture, because I know that you do this for organizations. I'm gonna throw it to you. So what are kind of some three tips or, or one or two that you have for developing brand architecture for an organization? Well, one, I think we touched on briefly. I mm -hmm. think um, listening is crucial. Uh -huh. So when we uh, go, in a, go into a company, we wanna talk to as many people as they will tolerate, um, board members, customers, ex-employees, current employees, all different levels, all of that. The listening there is key. Then to develop the insights. Well, what did that tell us? There is a, a model that I use in the workshops. Once we've heard from everybody and we've done the insights, we tend to go in and say, okay, your brand needs to be aspirational, but it needs to also be authentic. And so you need to kind of, as a company, give yourself space, meaning the wider the, the brand, it gives you breadth to move in, in directions, right? If I say that I'm only gonna sell pencils and that's the only thing I'm gonna go out and do and I wanna message around pencils, well, what if you decide you wanna sell pens next week, right? So you have to be a little bit out there. And I always joke about my own personal brand. I hope that people recognize me as thoughtful, as empathetic, as knowledgeable. There are days when they're going to recognize me as sarcastic and snippy and those are not my best days those are not that is not my brand my brand you know i try to be that every day what i want to be so <clears throat> if you're listening if you're developing the right kinds of insights and your the messaging then gives you breadth gives you enough space so that your brand can grow um and that's the hardest part because when you're in especially a successful business they kind of don't want to see they don't know they don't want to be challenged to look at what's coming next what might come next. Mm -hmm. So we're actually asking them to open up to the unknown mm -hmm. and to, to position their brand in a way that may seem really nebulous, mm -hmm. but it gives you the most space so that you don't have to constantly redo it. You're just putting a pin in it. So <laughs> right. those three things, I think those three things are really what we look for. And then we start to dive into messaging architecture and that kind of thing. Nice. But if you think about your audience, what their mindset is, and you've heard all of that, ingested it, figured out what the insights are and then giving yourself kind of that, that aspirational bent. Do you have a, an experience that you hold tight 
that you can recall that happened during your career, whether it's on a project or, you know, on the way to a project um, that might have been inspiring that you were working on or even, um, dare I say it, terrifying, um, you know, maybe it's some mishap that happened in delivery or something um, that you could share with our listeners. There are a few, actually, um, two that are that stand out that are actually, we were at an event. The first one, I was at an event. I was doing public relations at the time for 3Com um, at the beginning of my networking career. I spent a lot of years in networking. Um, and we were at a press conference, and the head of the department uh, was at the podium. We were in Washington, D.C. Um, I had lost somehow in the plane, whatever, transfers, all the briefing books. Okay. So I'm up at 4 a.m. I'm at the 24-hour Kinko, right? Because it was Kinko's back then. Yeah, because it was. That's what we were doing, right? And I, yeah, to get them remade and all of that. And he, he didn't know that that had happened, but he knew that I was flustered. And we had a whole conversation in the cab. He kind of got up in my grill about how old I was. And I was mortified. And I don't know. I was in my early twenties and I just said, how old do you think I am? And he told me, I said, great, we're going with that. And that was the end of that. But I was so panicked about not having these briefing books. And then he's asking me personal questions and it was crazy that it all went out. It went off without a hitch, but you know, I think you forget that you're really going to be okay. Yeah. And so that was crazy. The other piece of it, um, or the other one that really stands out for me when Cisco turned the tides and made networking a household name and made it about the people, mm-hmm. made it about the human network at the time. And it's probably one of the biggest efforts I work, I have worked on in my career to really launch that whole human network and to have a CMO say, we want every bit of marketing that goes out of this department connected to this campaign, period. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a data sheet. I don't care what it is. So then I spent my life at that point drawing messaging from the campaign and helping my peers get it all into their deliverables that may or may not be related to the campaign. And that was the first time we really delivered a truly integrated campaign Mm -hmm. where all of our marketing pistons were firing in the same direction. And that was pretty cool. Nice. Well, because you were head of global brand strategy over there, right? When I left, yes. But when I I started in field marketing, I did field marketing. I did ops for communications. Um, so I did all of all of our operations. I was a chief of staff for a while at corporate for the corporate marketing team. I did brand strategy. At one point, I ran a help desk when I first got there. For <laughs> no, because the field couldn't find anything on the web, and we literally had a help desk for them to call and ask where stuff was. Mm. Hilarious. So yeah, <laughs> so I had quite a few jobs at Cisco. Yeah, nice. Well, but I was I was head of global brand strategy when I left. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the experience that you get in that, I mean, I was a PBX operator at a hotel, so I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, But you, you, you find a way and you made it happen in your career to be doing so many things. And it's almost those, um, those earlier moments that means a little bit more sometimes. I feel like Mm -hmm. when I look back at some of the things I've done, I mean, I, I worked at a lot of retail and, and I, thank myself for taking that leap of going and being on the other side of the counter to mm-hmm. know how it feels 
when mm -hmm. I have had that moment of frustration as a customer and I'm looking yep. at that person and I and I don't know what they're thinking, but I'm I'm just worried about myself and then mm -hmm. flipping it and going on to the other side of the counter and going, I will yeah. never be like that again. <laughs> I well, will right. never and do that again. <laughs> no, that's absolutely true. And I think, you know, I also did retail. I was florist from the time I was 14 for 12 years or something ridiculous. You have, you know, good bosses too, right? And and ones that aren't great. Mm -hmm. And I have learned, I think throughout my, there's two things throughout my career. There's two things. And I would tell the kids this too, about uh, sports teams, whoever you're working with, whether they're a coach or, a, per, or a, a boss, you can decide you're stuck with them for some amount of time, however long you choose. So you can decide if you want to be more or less like them, you get to carry on either their prophecy or however you want to say that or not, you know, you can change and be different. And, and that's the only way to do it. The other thing that really helps me in those situations is I got to believe that everyone's trying their best. And even in your retail example, it's why I don't scream at the TV so much when sports are not going my way. Everyone really, I do believe that people try their best. Now, is it the same best that you would give? Maybe not. Is it the same best as so-and-so? It doesn't matter. It's their best. And so for whatever their circumstances are, they are trying their best. And so if we kind of all can understand that, I think it'll help. I do think it will help, especially in 2021, because we are all right? doing our best. <laughs> exactly. And no judgment yeah. about that. I mean, can yeah. we not have judgment about that, about what that looks like, yeah. about what your best looks like versus mine or somebody else's? I think we just have to be a little bit more forgiving there. Yeah. Well, Krista has let me know that she's going to stick around for Extra Bite on the blog. So stay with this episode of Sweet by Susanna podcast, and we will be right back. Have you ever heard of Audible? Well, I just started my free trial not too long ago, and it is awesome. My library now has The Meaning of Mariah Carey and Atomic Habits, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones by James Clear. So my Audible is on point. I know that you can get an Audible trial as well. Just head over to www.audibletrial.com forward slash Sweet Bites with Sandra and check it out. You just never know what you're going to find. Um, they have a browsing section where you find bestsellers and new releases and everything under the sun. So I hope you enjoy it. Take a chance and try Audible today. I am an affiliate, but I believe in what they're doing. So um, take a chance and try Audible and let me know exactly what you're listening to, whether it's a podcast or an audiobook. There's so much to discover on Audible. So enjoy and let me know what you find. talk about an episode of Dance Moms. I was on Dance Moms for a specific reason. I was publishing and I was the editor-in-chief of Dance Track Magazine and I went on to the episode um, where we actually did a photo shoot with all of the girls and Abby and we did this photo shoot to, to pick a winner of who was going to be our cover star for our back to school issue. And so I wanted to share this episode with you. I'm going to put it up on the website. It was so much fun. We went, we flew out there, we did all of the, the photo shoot, there were, all of the moms were there, and it was really fun. I mean, you know, a lot of times when you think about dance moms, you think it's so competitive, and, and yes, people are always trying to 
um, you know, shine and get, you know, get into the spotlight. But every single girl had their moment when we photographed them. And so I want you to check it out. It was really fun. And it was, you know, these, these girls who were, you know, putting in all this effort for competition after competition had a moment to just have some fun. So that was really great. So I hope you enjoy the clip from Dance Moms, where you see me as the editor-in-chief and publisher of Dance Track Magazine. And it's a magazine I ran for about five years, um, near and dear to my heart. So I hope that you like it. I want to put you on to a software that I use every single day. It's called Grammarly. And let me tell you, it's the world's best grammar checker. I have used it for so many years and it is so good because I, I know I'm a, I'm a decent writer and I'm, I bet you probably are too. But when you look at some of the sentences that you've written or some of the paragraphs, or you tend to probably use the same words over and over and over again, it helps you refine your writing. You will use it every single day. I am an affiliate and I am proud to say that I am boasting about Grammarly. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Bring it on board as part of your strategy to up your writing game today. As always, on Sweet Bites of Samba, there is a sweet reward and there's always extra bite. And so I mentioned in the last podcast that you can be on my Spotify playlist. So make sure that you check out the show notes to see how you can be on the Sweet Bites of Sandra podcast um, playlist for Spotify. It's very easy. You submit your music and it's really, really fun to hear all of you guys submitting your music. Um, I enjoy pop and, uh, R and B and dance and some house and things that are going to just get you energized for sure. Um, those are the, those are the types of, I love singer songwriters too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, but those are the types of songs that I put onto the Spotify playlist for each episode. So make sure that you submit your music to be considered. And then also, I always have some sort of sweet. <laughs> Last week, I talked about recipes. This week, I want to talk about the perfect banana split because I can do that. I tell you every time, I'm no cook, I'm no baker, but I can put together a banana split. So check it out. And you know, add your own ingredients, spice it up. Check out the blog, sandracoltamedici.com forward slash blog to check out that extra bite and also the Spotify playlist and how to submit your, yourself and your music to be considered and a sweet reward, which is a $25 gift certificate to amazon.com because I love it. Make sure that you get yourself organized and enter to win the $25 gift certificate to Amazon so that your 2021 is productive. And with that, um, have a great day and share the podcast with a friend or family member that could use some digital business tips, inspiring interviews, and make sure to rate, comment, and like it, please. <laughs> like me, please. <laughs> on um, on the Apple podcast, you can rate it on there. And we definitely appreciate your feedback and suggest some guests. If you know any that you would like to hear on the podcast, send me a note, info at sandracoltamedici.com. And I'll see you in the next one. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra, make sure to send an email to info at sandracoltamedici.com. Include in the subject line, be a sponsor.